Hello, wonderful friends. It is good to see your beautiful faces and happy Mother's Day. Ah, it's wonderful to celebrate mothers and the mothers in our lives. So I just want to, uh, if you want to turn to Romans chapter 12, you can do that uh, just now. And before we dive in there, I just want to take a moment to echo what has already been said about mums and I particularly just want to honour the single mums. If you are raising your kids at home by yourself, uh, maybe divorced or for other reasons, I just want to give a a shout-out to you and tell you how special you are. I, I feel like the Father wants to remind you that he sees you and that he's with you and that he is for you and... And I just feel almost like a, uh, he wants to pour out his love and, and physical demonstration of his presence to you as your husband, as your provider, as your father. And I just bless you. I was raised by a single mum and I love her. And I, I have a, after having children, I had a whole nother level of respect for my mum because uh, it's, it's a hard job to do even as a married person. <laughs> but it's actually a real privilege as well. And I really love being a mum. And I have four daughters. And I, they make me a better person for sure, having them in my life. So thank you, girls. <laughs> wow, excellent. Well, today... Um, I know mums are really, really significant, really special. And as I was preparing, um, you know, there's one thing about mothers. Uh, they, they kind of introduce us. And even if you don't know your mother, you have mothers in your life, women and, and carers who introduce us to the, the love and the nurturing heart of the father and create a place of belonging. And they represent the father, if they're healthy, <laughs> the, in, in those ways, and to provide that safe place of belonging. And, and they often, you know, create an environment in the home that is a place where you can flourish and thrive. And I, we have many women who are mothers, but women who are mothering in our community, and I honour you, and creating that, that place in this, in this church family, in this body, that is um, just a great place to belong and, and be celebrated, and um, yeah, so I just, I just honour you, but I really felt like I wanted to talk about, um, from Romans chapter 12, about love in action, and the call to hospitality, and I just want to preface this by saying I'm not preaching this on Mother's Day because it's just up to the women, okay, guys, I want you to hear that, <laughs> creating that space in our home and in our lives that's nurturing and welcoming and a place where people can belong is just as much for a, a man as it is for a woman, but it's often been the women in our lives who have a value on that, and so I just really feel like the Father wants to highlight that this morning, and just to remind us, because it's been a bit of a crazy year that has affected, you know, our ability to gather together and 
um, enjoy fellowship with one another. And so I feel like as we're coming out of this past season, it's, this is just a gentle reminder to us and a, a reminder of who the Father has created us as his body to be um, for one another, but also to the world around us. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, love in action, the call to hospitality. So we're going to read from Romans 12, 9 through to 21, but I'm going to focus mainly on verse 9 to 16. So Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's good. The word of God is wonderful, isn't it? It's worthy of being read publicly. Okay, let's just open up our hearts, open up our arms and to the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to pray and then jump right in. So Father, we love you. We love you. Thank you so much for your great and lavish love that you demonstrated in sending Jesus to the cross and you made a way for us to come into your family you open the door for freedom for us to, to have fellowship with you, to have fellowship with one another, and to um, provide fellowship and love to the world around us. And we just receive your love right now. Would you give us, as Jonathan was praying, a fresh baptism of fire? We say yes to that this morning. The fiery love of the Father. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to continue to just move among us, to continue to bubble up on the inside of us, Lord. This is not just words, but it's actually you speaking to us and and showing us and taking us into deeper depths of love with you, love with each other, and love with the people around us, even those who don't like us. Lord, we receive your word today. Would you just pierce through our hearts and speak to each one of us and show us how to respond to you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We say yes to your empowering. Thank you that it's not about ourselves and and what we can do, but it's about you working in us and through us. So we just receive your love right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, <laughs> yeah, so we see from this passage, right, Christian love is not 
an airy-fairy kind of love. It's not like some out there concept. But actually the love of God is tangible and moving and it's active and it's, it's proactive. And it's, it, it, the love of the Father is always flowing from the Father. It's always flowing to us and through us. And we see that this, the love that's being talked about, that the thing is this, this passage, is, it's, it starts with that verse 9 setting the tone for the rest of the passage. And we see very practical challenges in this, in this passage of Scripture. From, you know, verse 9 through to 21, I think there's about 19 kind of very practical outworkings and, in a sense, things that that show the hallmark of true and genuine love in action. And I just want to start this by saying it's, this is not a laundry list of, as we read this, we don't read it and it's like, it's not like a mental ascent right now. This is not us reading it saying, well, I'll tick that off. I've done that. Tick that off. Tick that off. But this is actually what the Father says. This is who he says we are. He, we get to receive his love. We have received his love. We have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus, who is the most loving and hospitable person in all of the universe. He's the one who creates a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We all have a seat at the table. What a joy it is for us to create a table where other people can come and join in and experience the love of the Father. I mean, what a privilege and an honor that is. So it's not that we have to do these things, but as his kids and as we receive his love, we cannot help but let that love overflow out of us to others around us, our family and the church, the fellow believers, but also to the world around us. And so today, I'm not saying do this, do this, do this, but it's we get to do this because we've received the love of the Father. And any areas that we're a little bit stuck in. He's so faithful. The Holy Spirit is so committed to changing us and transforming us and molding us into becoming more like Jesus until we are face to face with him that we just say, Lord, I see that that area of weakness in me. Would you come and bring healing to my heart and change me from the inside out, not change my behavior to to then hope that there's a change of my heart. And so that's, that's the invitation today. I'm not wagging my finger. I'm just saying this is who we are and this is what we get to do with the help of the Holy Spirit. Woohoo! Because <laughs> he's good. So, so genuine love, authentic love is not fickle. Okay, over the past year through COVID, we have seen through the lockdowns, through the social distancing, it's kind of altered the world around us, hasn't it? Anyone else notice that? Things are a little bit different, even as we're opening back up and things are lifting a bit more. It, there's still the effects of it in the world around us. And I think that it has affected us a little bit as well. I know for myself, I'm, I'm a very touchy-feely person. I'm I, I like to give hugs. If you need a hug, I'll give you a hug. I like to give, give hugs. And so I, it's been a bit of a weird um, season for me adjusting. And I'm okay with people who are not comfortable hugging in this, in this season. That's fine for people to say, I'm not comfortable with that. I'll do a fist bump, an elbow, 
foot tap or just wave at you. That's okay with me. But I'm just saying it's, it is a little bit hard for me because it's just part of who God's created me to be. He's wired me to hug people. And so I have to remind myself that not everyone is always comfortable with that. Even pre-COVID, not everyone was comfortable with that. So that's okay. We're all different. But it's just, but I think there's been more of that effect on the world around us because of, you know, this past year. Anyone else found that a bit strange? You know, you go into a grocery store, you have to wear a mask. And I'm like, I can't hear you for one. I'm really struggling. Like you, and I'm behind a perspex thing. So I can't even lean in. I'm like, keep banging my head against the perspex. So I'm like going around the side saying, can you just repeat that? And they're like, moving away from me and I can't see the smile. I can't, I like to smile at people. They can't see my smile. I'm learning to smile with my eyes more, like open them up. <laughs> but it's kind of a bit crazy. And so we get affected by it. And we've, the world has become more self-contained and more self-sufficient in our homes, you know, isolating. Our homes have become a little bit more like a castle. I think that's a bit of a, a thing in, in our nation anyway, that we retreat to our homes and this is my castle and I have it all looking really perfect and nice and I, can, I will only bring people in who I want in I will, and it's my castle to keep out those who I don't want to come in and and so, but I think that COVID in this past season has added to some of the dysfunctional aspects of that castle mentality, you know, protecting ourselves from the outside and retreating. And as we transition and move forward in this season, and I believe that the, as the church, as the, the followers of Jesus, as the body of Christ, we are called to lead the way in helping the world reconnect in us reconnecting with one another and reconnecting with the world and helping the world find those people around us find a place of belonging where they feel loved and accepted for who they are and and that somebody cares about them, that someone sees them. So I believe we are called to swap our social and physical distancing for relational proximity, being near one another, not just on social media, not just watching online, although that's, it's, that's okay to watch online, but at some point we need to have proximity to other people. It doesn't have to be a large crowd. It can be a connect group or a smaller group of people in, as we're opening back up. But I believe that, the, that, that as a church, as the church, that's what we're called to do, create these places of active inclusion for others. Others within our lives others within the body who we don't know, and others in the world around us who are disconnected. So moving from connection to, moving from disconnection to connection. Now, it's, it's not that we must, as I said, but we get to do these things as followers of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in this passage, we see verse 9, it starts with love. Let love be genuine. And so that is the basis and the foundation for all of the other 19 things that are kind of listed as like active responses of a heart that is um, filled with the love of God and Trans, being transformed by the love of God and genuine love. And so it starts with the basis of love that sets the tone for us from which we flow to these other things. 
And so the more accurate, it, I read in the ESV, let love be genuine. But the more accurate translation for this is love without hypocrisy. Now, I think that's kind of cool. The love that is, that is written here is agape, which is the word for God love. It is unconditional love, a love that expects nothing in return. It's a love without selfish agenda. It's a benevolent love, which is leaning towards to give freely, not taking, but giving. And it's not based on how, how you respond to me or how you act to me first, but the love of God gives and is patient, is kind. And, and we say it's biblical, God is love, but not all love is God in the world, right? So sometimes we can get a bit confused. But genuine God love is this benevolent love that is freely giving and expects nothing in return. And it's unconditional. And it's, that's, that's the love that we are immersed in, that we can be filled with, and that we are changed with, and that overflows out of us. Because it can't just stop with me and the Father. That love, His love gives. And really, the measure of how I am experiencing on a day-to-day, in my day-to-day walk, the love between me and the Father, that upward and inward to my heart journey, the measure of the quality of that is, I think, often how I relate to those around me, especially those who are not like me or who don't like me or who I don't like. And so the quality of that love is really only tested when it's given away. And so that God love, need, we want, it needs to be without hypocrisy. Okay, so hypocrisy comes from anipokritos. I'm not very good at Greek. I think that's Greek, but it's basically where we get the word hypocrite from. Now, a hypocrite is someone who, whose actions don't line up with their words, Okay, so our love is to be, it's not let your love be, but it is love without hypocrisy. So love not in a hypocritical way. In the first century, they had the common, a common form of entertainment was going to the theater and they would have the Greek drama, Greek theater, and there'd be a stage like sometimes in the round, and people would be around it, and you would have the actors who would come to the stage and they would have a mask that they would wear. So they would, they would wear a mask to convey their emotions. Have you seen, it's often the sign for the theatre is those Greek masks, and you, they'd have like a big accentuated smile or a big frown, sadness on them. And that's how the actors would convey to the audience the emotion of the role that they were playing. And they would maybe use different masks or whatever. So they would use their voice tone and their body language to play a role. Paul is saying here to us, godly love is genuine, authentic. It's not faking. It's not performing. It's not acting. It's not concerned with showing off. It's not concerned with me wanting to perform to you and show you something that's not true on the inside of me. It's not wanting to show, oh, I appear all put together to the people around me. It, it's the kind of love that my insides match 
what's going on on the outside of me. That's what genuine love without hypocrisy is. It's me being the same person as I am standing on the stage, on this platform, as I am when I'm at home with my children or when I'm sitting with you for coffee. And authenticity for me is one of, it's a, it's a value, a, a, a life value for me. And I really value actually letting, you know, being myself with people. And I'm not a good faker. So <laughs> I'm quite glad about that. But I, I value being able to be me and to let my let you know who I am and I value you letting me know who you really are. And that's the good, the bad and the ugly, warts and all. And so that's what Paul is saying, love without hypocrisy, love without a mask, take the masks off, don't act a role, let our insides match, let our outsides match our inside. So, the way we love our families, our wives, our husbands, our kids, don't fake it. You know, we, Murray and I have this, we, we teach a, um, a school, a school of revival class we have done in the past, um, living from the heart Jesus gave you, or, or heart like Jesus, heart like Jesus. Some people think we say hot like Jesus, but it's heart like Jesus. Like, <laughs> I don't know if Jesus was hot. I don't think there was anything distinguishable about him that made him stand out. <laughs> he was fiery. But um, anyway, so we have, this, <laughs> we have this, this saying, you know, often when we come to church or we gather with the church, we, you know, someone will say, how are you? And you, it's like, well, do you really want to know? Do you really want me to tell you? And we, we, tell peop- we tell the students, if you tell me you're fine, What that means to me is today I am feeling insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So if you tell me you're fine, I'm going to say, oh man, what's going on then? And so, but often we feel like, oh, we've got to pull it all together to come and be with the family of God. Got to put on my mask. I've got to pretend to be happy, but I've had a really hard morning trying to get my kids here, trying to get them cleaned up and dressed. And I've had a fight with my husband and I'm not quite sure where my next meal is going to come from. And I'm feeling a bit anxious and worried, but I'm going to put a good face on. I'm going to put my mask on in the Greek drama and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm fine. All is good, praise the Lord. But on the inside, I might not be feeling that way. Well, loving without hypocrisy means I can come and be with the family of God and I can let out the reality of some of the struggles that I'm feeling. And this is a place that that we want to create where people are free to be themselves, the good and the bad. So we don't need to fake it. But it's the Holy, it requires the Holy Spirit and the transformation of our minds because it's a human, um, it's, it's kind of part of our humanity that we want to perform and we fall back into that sometimes. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit, receive the Father's love because he first loved us and we can receive that love and let that love flow out of us. So in that love, we abhor or hate what is evil and hold fast to what is good. So we, the, a love that is genuine, authentic, and hospitable is not comfortable with evil. It's not comfortable with gossip. It's not comfortable with slander. It's not comfortable with judging others, even in thought. Jesus took 
the law to another level when he said, if you even have as much as lust in your heart, you are committing adultery. So he took it from the realm of action to the realm of thought. And so genuine love is love that is not comfortable with evil and evil in ourselves. So often we're saying, I'm not comfortable with the evil in you, but I'm not willing to deal with the evil in myself. But actually it starts with us first. And so um, that, that love without hypocrisy, that genuine love, hates what is evil in myself, and it's a, it's a genuine love that is pure and sticks to what is holy. That's what, um, where it says, uh, hold fast to what is good. The hold fast is like glue. So stick, be completely joined and attached and inseparable from what is holy, what is pure, what is lovely, what is right. So we hate what is evil on the inside of us that affects the way we love others. And we, we pull and stick to that pure love that is holy and beautiful and loving and kind and generous and forgiving, which is the Father's love. It's a genuine love that is lovely and right towards us and others. So let's just look briefly at verses 10 to 12, where it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Wow. Love one another with brotherly affection in verse 10. That's the, that love there is the affectionate, nurturing family love, right? The phileo love. It's an intimacy of friendship and family where we can be known. It's not surface and shallow. It's a deep, fiercely loyal love. It's not fickle. It is resilient. So outdo one another in showing honor. So we love one another with that affectionate, affectionate, nurturing family love, we, which it's often easier. I don't know about you, but it's often easier to love people that are at a distance from us because they don't see all of our weaknesses. They don't get to see the things that we struggle with and we don't get to see their weaknesses so we can't judge them. It's often easier to love those people. Um, maybe not sometimes on social media, we feel more comfortable with, with lashing out or correcting, correcting people on social media because there's a safe distance and we don't have to see each other face to face. I long for a, a time when we can get to a place as the body of Christ, I'm not sure the world can get there, but the, as the body of Christ where we can love one another well, even on a social media platform. And, and actually, I think that's going to start with in-person conversation and connection before having a fight across a social media platform. Just my opinion. But anyway, much rather talk face to face and understand where someone is coming from than make a whole bunch of assumptions from one, a few lines that they wrote on, on their post. But anyway, so but it's often easier to love people that are at a distance from us. But actually the kind of love, this family love is that up close and personal love. And we, that where we have each other in our day-to-day -day lives, that's what the Father wants for us 
as a body, but also to create for the world around us. And then to outdo one another in showing love, in showing honor, we are to prefer others. We are to lead by example, not, not wait. We are to initiate love, to initiate honor, to initiate generosity, to initiate hospitality. Authentic love sees the worth and the value in others and it lifts them up and says, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to treat you more highly than I treat myself, just as Jesus did with us. Verse 11 and 12, don't be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. So this love, let our authentic, genuine love not hold back or be slow to act. Let it be enthusiastic. Let us carry an urgency. It's that fervency. Let, let us carry an urgency to love one another, to treat one another with honor, to share with one another, to give hospitality. Let us be enthusiastic, be on fire and passionate to reach out to others. So it's not just a, a, a love that's kind of going through the motions, which is fake, but it's actually genuinely motivated. It's fiery and passionate. And that fire comes from experiencing the fiery love of the Father. And that is we, we allow that to work in us and out of us so that we can reach out to others. Let that love that we demonstrate to others, that we act on towards others, that we give towards others, let that be as service to the Lord. Let it be, so when I spend time with someone in a connect group and I, and I ask them how their day has been or I ask them what's going on for them in their life, that is me serving the Lord. As I love that person, as I am interested in them, as I'm in the workplace, as you go to your workplace or your school, as you ask them, how's it going? As you remember maybe something that's been going on for them in their family and you ask them about it, you, you show genuine concern. That is serving the Lord. As we use our gifts and talents in this community and, and share those gifts and give of our time as we serve in children's ministry, as we get involved with Embrace Durham, picking up groceries, as we go and, and connect with someone and, and spend some time with them, have a coffee. That is serving the Lord. That's the genuine love and hospitality. Be joyful. So it's not just about what we do. It's actually also about how we do it. So I can go through the motions and say, oh, yeah, I've ticked that off my list. I went and I called that person, ticked it, done it, marked it off. But I can be completely disingenuine in the way I'm doing it. And I see them as a task as opposed to a genuine person who I care about, a human that I care about and I value. And so we are encouraged by Paul to be joyful in the way that we do it, and to trust in the goodness of God, to have an expectation of his goodness as we serve him, as we love others, as we are hospitable and share our life with others. To be tenacious, persevering, and our love, genuine Christian godly love, it abides under pressure. It keeps on going. It does not give up when things get tough, when someone does something that we don't like, when they say something that's a little offensive for us, when they behave in a way that is not as godly as we thought they should. 
Our love does not write them off and does not shut them down and does not reject them, but it actually moves towards them and is tenacious and it keeps going. It's dependable and it's also devoted to praying for one another. So I, I do this, I, I try to do this thing with the help of the Holy Spirit where I feel if someone asks me for prayer, I will pray right then because I, I know sometimes if I say I'll pray for you, I might forget about it later on. So I just offered it, can I pray for you right now? If someone sends me a text to let me know that they've got something going on and it's a little bit hard, I will, rather than just saying I'll pray for you, I try to shoot a quick text prayer back to them to actually love them in that moment and engage with them where they are to to show them that I love and genuinely care about them. And I think sometimes we say things with our mouths, but then we forget and don't do it. And and our actions don't line up with with what we've said. And so with the help of the Holy Spirit, I believe that we can you know, pray for one another and love one another through prayer. And that's not just one another, but also as we, you know, gather together on Sundays, but as we're in our connect groups, pray for our neighbors, pray for our colleagues, pray for those people. So pray for them in private and be bold to pray for them in public as well. That's genuine love and care. And then let's look at verse 13 which I want to focus on this for a minute before we wrap up. So contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. There is an invitation for us as the church to be generous and share with others in our connect group, to to serve in the body of Christ, to use our gifts, to meet practical needs. So not just to say, I'll pray for you, but to say, how can I actually serve you and come alongside you? How can I bring you, could I bring you a meal? Am I willing to sow my finances into you? Or maybe I'm going to do that privately because I don't want the right hand to know what the left hand's doing and get my praise here before men rather than with my heavenly father. So meeting practical needs, using our gifts and our talents. We have a a benevolence fund here at at the church and if you want to sow into that that's for people who are going through hardship and they they need some extra help if you want to give privately to that you can to sow into and be generous and contribute to the needs of somebody else uh, you can speak to Murray or Jonathan if you want to do that the, the authentic love is big-hearted and it contributes. It's like being in a family. Everyone in our family cleans up. They pack the dishwasher. They unpack the dishwasher. They uh, help in some way. That's what family does. Authentic love serves and helps and contributes. It doesn't sit back and wait, for, wait to be served. It's not like going to a restaurant. So, th- so we are to seek to show hospitality. Now, the, this is, I love this when I discovered this about this verse in verse 13. Seek to show hospitality is actually more accurately translated as practice hospitality. And the word for practice actually is translated into pursue or persecute or chase down. 
So it's not I'm just seeking kind of aimlessly, maybe I'll show some hospitality to someone, pray, Holy Spirit, who do you want me to show hospitality to? I'll spend hours in my prayer closet praying about it. It's not wishy-washy. It's actually a, an active chasing down, pursuing to the point of persecution, which is kind of like I am going to do whatever I can to lay hold of a person to show hospitality. So we are to persecute or chase down or pursue hospitality. It's like having a single-minded focus. And there was a, a father in the early church called Origen, and he wrote a, a, a he was a scholar, and he, he did a commentary on Romans. And I just want to read to you what he said about this part of the, that verse. It says, we are not just to receive the stranger when he comes to us, but actually to inquire after and look carefully for strangers to pursue them and search them out everywhere lest perchance somewhere they may sit in the streets or lie without a roof over their heads. So what Paul is talking about here is not just me waiting for people to show up. It's actually me deliberately with a, an intention looking for people that I can show hospitality to. And what I think we can talk about the stranger that's amongst us in the body of Christ. You know, this hospitality is not just for someone that I spent, that is one of my friends, not someone that I have their phone number, not someone that I saw and hung out with even six weeks ago. It's not my group of friends that I love to spend time with and we all know each other and we're really comfortable together and we know about each other and, and we don't have to, you know, we can just chill and be with each other. This is not the kind of hospitality that Paul and I think the Father is challenging us to. It's actually the person amongst us who maybe doesn't look like me, who maybe I don't have their phone number, who maybe they have come from a different economic background, maybe a different um, ethnicity to me. Maybe there's someone who's on the fringe who's just new here. And what we get to do is we get to pursue those people amongst us and draw them in to our friend groups, to connection to relationship, to belonging, so that they don't remain on the outside, but they feel in. I want to challenge each and every one of you with that on a Sunday. Don't leave a Sunday without meeting a new person, going and saying hi, finding out about them, asking them their name, maybe praying for them, maybe saying, do you want to grab a coffee? Hospitality can be inconvenient and uncomfortable. But we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, who helps us to do uncomfortable things. So, this, the Greek word for hospitality here is philoxenos. Philo, from the word friend, and xenos, which means stranger. So, it's not, it literally means that word, persecute, chase after, run down, and make a friend of strangers. So we do not want to have any stranger amongst us. We will be chasing them down. We're not just hanging out with those in my friend group. So we will look for strangers. And I believe that also means those who are outside of 
this body as well. So within the body, but also out in our workplaces, in our schools, making friends of strangers, deliberately hanging out with people who disagree with me, who don't look like me, those who are not yet Christians. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for someone who was willing to be uncomfortable and not all religious and spend time with this little Australian girl who didn't know Jesus at all. But I experienced his love through a family who were willing to be uncomfortable and invite me into their family and share their home with me and eat meals with me and invite me to be with their children. And that's what we get to be for others. So let's make friends of strangers. And finally, it just talks about bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So we are not just to practice hospitality with our friends or those who are like that, but we go even further to include those who are hostile towards us. Having compassion on the brokenhearted, those who are weeping, weep with those who weep. And rejoice with those who rejoice. So as we gather together, as we have coffee with someone, as we connect with someone in our workplace or in this community, we attune with them. We don't just tell them how they should behave. We get alongside them. And if they're going through something hard, we sit with them. We weep with them. We pray with them. And we encourage them. And we don't try to fix them. But we love them with the love of the Father, which is patient and kind It's not quite the polite dinner party that we might have expected, is it? <laughs> it's less really, I think, about, it's less about making room in our house because hospitality is not just about opening our houses. It is that, opening our homes, but it's actually opening up our hearts and making room in our hearts for new friends and befriending people that we don't know. And I think it tells us to not be haughty. I think Paul tells us to not be haughty, but to associate with the lowly because pride, arrogance, which is haughtiness, self-centeredness or entitlement, snobbery or being obsessed with how we look or how things, how we're presented or how our house is presented, all of those things are the real enemy of true hospitality. They stop us from being able to create a space where people feel welcome and loved and warm. And it's not authentic godly love. In the Jerusalem Bible translation, that, that, passage, that part of the passage is, is written, never in verse 16, never be condescending, but make real friends with the poor. And that can be the poor who, are, who don't have much, but it can also be the poor in spirit. Let's never think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Let's, let's never be the people that don't include someone that is different from us or doesn't look like us. Let us be people who are not condescending but make real friends, not fake friends, but real friends with the poor. Okay, I want to invite you to stand. Now, the first thing I want to remind us of is this is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not a to-do list. It's not about behavior. The behavior flows out of the 
what's going on in our hearts. And so if you read at the beginning of of Romans chapter 12, um, Paul says, um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And so I feel like the first response to this is actually to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice, that we can be those who sacrificially give. So I want to invite you just to open up your hands to the Father right now. And I want you in your own words just to say to him, Jesus, I offer up my body as a sacrifice to you. I offer up my heart, I offer up my, heart, my, my mind, I offer up my gifts, I offer up my weaknesses, I offer up my fears, I offer it all to you, Jesus. Let, it, let, let my life be a pleasing and fragrant sacrifice to you. And let's just ask the Father to enlarge our hearts. If you want to grow in hospitality, in creating friendship and connection and a place for people to belong, I want to invite you just open up your heart and just say, I open my heart to you, Father. Enlarge my capacity to love. Enlarge my capacity for hospitality. Enlarge my capacity to share what you've given me, even if it's not much. And I feel like in this place, the Father is just inviting us to let go of, to to kind of just let go of that castle mentality of isolation and just say, I no longer want to be isolated. I no longer want to isolate myself. I no longer want to retreat in an unhealthy way. I see him just unlocking fear, fear of getting COVID, fear of not being enough, fear of not being able to provide a meal that is worthy of the person that you're inviting over. It's not about that. It's actually just about creating the place of connection. So Father, we just give you any fear we feel, fear of man, fear of performance, fear of not being enough or not having enough to share. We give it to you right now, Jesus. Even the fear of it just being too hard so I'm frozen and I'm not not able to step out. And I just want us to pray right now and just say, Lord, I give you the key to my front door. You hold the key to my front door. You own my home. You own my space. It's yours. I give it to you. And I'm going to steward it. I give you my calendar. 
I give you my time, Holy Spirit. Let's just give Him our time. Lord, we, we, we agree that You would prioritize where we spend our time. Lord, help us to get through the things more quickly so that we can prioritize connection with people. And Lord, I give you permission to change my day, to stop me, for me to be present with the person that you put in front of me and not distracted. I just throw off all distractions and even the single focus that causes me to keep my eyes down and not see what's happening around me and who you're bringing before me. We let go of that, Jesus. And Lord, we just say yes to you showing us who to connect with, for you showing us who to invite into our life. And we say, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us right now with your fire and your love to be the most hospitable people on the planet. In Jesus' name, amen.